welcome to another episode of the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast, sponsored by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calicoon. I'm Managing Editor Joe Abraham, and today I'm joined by Park Ranger Susie Casper of the National Park Service, Upper Delaware Scenic and Recreational River. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast. Uh, I'm Managing Editor Joe Abraham, and I am joined today by uh, Park Ranger Susie Casper of the National Park Service of uh, Upper Delaware Scenic and Recreational River, uh, I believe based out of Beach Lake. Um, so first off, Susie, thank you for joining us. And um, first, I like to ask all of our guests to explain a little bit about themselves, what they do at their job, and um, and sort of um, some of the different ongoing things that are taking place. There. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so like you said, my name is Susie Casper and I'm a park ranger here at Upper Delaware Scenic and Recreational River. And my office is actually based out of the Zangray Museum down in Lackawax. And so our headquarters facility is in, in Beach Lake, um, but that's where I'm at down in Lackawax. And, and my job is, it's different than most park rangers. So I'm not law enforcement, but I do um, assist with river patrols and training our new staff and we do a lot of education in the division of interpretation here. So when we're out and about with um, the visitors or in schools, we're really educating, of course, the river safety message, which is the most important here on the Upper Delaware. Great. And um, so one of the main topics that I wanted to discuss with you today is we've had um, uh, quite a few drownings uh, in the last um, month or so um, in our, our region of, of the state, um, so, some of which have occurred on the river. In other cases, we've had a couple of drownings that have occurred outside of the river that have been on local lakes with people in boats or whatever. But uh, what has uh, you guys been trying to do with, with the National Park Service as far as um, some of your initiatives in place as far as promoting safety on the river um, locally? Yeah, so you obviously mentioned and most folks know that we've had, we had five drownings within the matter of, it was like two and a half weeks. It was a very short time period, which is unprecedented um, here. And not only were there the five drownings on the Upper Delaware, like you said there were drownings on area lakes and outside of our jurisdiction down in Port Jervis, I believe there was one. So there was there was quite a few and it has certainly exhausted all of us um, in rescue personnel, et cetera. So we did have just a little back history. Um, we did have five drownings back in 2011. Um, they were spread apart, so not, not so close together. Um, not a good thing. However, um, a lot of positive came out of that. So a lot of um, messaging and then we really enhanced our water safety program here to get the word out that wearing a life jacket, no matter how good of a swimmer you are on the river is the most important thing that you can do for yourself and for your family. Um, so after 2011, after all those unfortunate drownings, we um, erected a number of loaner life jacket stations throughout the river valley. So we do in the park service, we keep a lot of statistics. And so we identified um, certain areas where these drownings were occurring more often than not. And so we identified also too that um, a lot more folks are drowning because they're swimming, not necessarily boating. And so we're trying to educate swimmers the importance of them wearing a life jacket, no matter how good a swimmer they are, because the river currents um, are extremely swift in the river. And so even though there's a place that may look like a swimming pool, there's always a strong under undercurrent. So, and it's very easy for even the best swimmers to get fatigued when they're in the water. So we did have those um, lunar life jacket stations put up and we have life jackets out there basically from Memorial Day to Labor Day during the, you know, the summer swimming months. And, you know, folks can take one and borrow one and use it to swim or float or whatever, and then put it back when they're done based on the honor system. 
Sure. And, and I guess while we have you here, swimming life jackets have obviously been a very big topic recently, but just if anyone, you know, we get a lot of visitors every year, whether um, there's also local people that utilize the river, whether they're on water, whether they're in trails or at different uh, parks and locations locally. Uh, what are other safety tips that people should keep in mind other than if they're on the water wearing a life jacket um, while they're out and about on, in this part of the state? Well, a lot of folks, so we're, we're, you know, we're always trying to get that message out, but people don't associate swimming with wearing a life jacket because you don't in a pool, you don't in a lake generally. Um, so it's really just a, it's just keeping that, you know, hitting that message home. Um, but if folks find themselves outside, you know, in the water without a life jacket on, the most important thing is to try not to, to panic. Because what happens, especially when the water is more of an, at an elevated level, like it is right now, we've been having lots and lots of rain. Um, it's very easy to get kind of swept downstream and people panic and that's when they get into trouble. So it's important for them to just to try to stay calm, float on their back, because it is, the river does ebb and flow and the, the, the depths fluctuate, you know, a lot. So you could be in one second, you could, and this is where people get into a lot of trouble. One second you're in, you know, just maybe ankle or knee deep water. And then the next you have, you know, stepped into a 10 foot hole and you're being swept down river. So float on your back, stay calm. And then the river will eventually get you to a shallow spot where you can, can get out of the water. So that's really important. Um, also, too, if you if you're in your boat and you flip over, it's really important to stay upstream of your boat because if that boat gets if you get pinned between that boat and a rock, if there's any water in your boat, it could actually, it could crush you, whether you're wearing your life jacket or not. It just, the river has so much, you know, so many pounds of pressure between you and that rock, and that's not a place you want to be. So you can always get your stuff and your gear later on. Just make sure you save yourself and your friends and your family first. Um, it's also really important to note that when people are out on the water, they, you know, they may have their life jackets on, they may be in the boat, but their friends go in for a swim off the raft or a canoe. And, you know, we get a lot of large groups out on the water, and it's really important for people to, to pay attention to their friends and their families. We've had several incidences where um, somebody goes in for a swim without a life jacket and their friends, everybody's having a great time and they're, you know, they're, they're hooting and hollering and having a grand time, but they don't realize that their friend went in for a swim and they didn't come back up. So it's really important for people to keep an eye on their friends and their family when they're out there. Um, also want to mention too, so the river levels are elevated. This, um, it seems like it's been the last couple of weeks. Um, so anytime the river um, height goes above six feet, um, at whether you're, if you're boating above the Calicoon gauge, you have to use the Calicoon gauge. And most of our boating traffic is, and we use the Berryville gauge for that. So anytime the river goes above six feet, it is mandatory life jacket wear because we have had um, drownings occur when the river is, is moving even more swift than it normally is. So it's really important for everybody to have their life jackets on um, at all times when the river is that elevated. Um, so we have the National Park Service also has a, a new initiative. This kind of all unfortunately started with COVID, um, but it's the hashtag recreate responsibly initiative. So if you visit nps.gov, it just gives you a lot of different tips on you know, because a lot of folks, especially during COVID, maybe they never, you know, have visited a national park before. And when we were all relegated, you know, indoors, the only thing people could do was outside where they were, you know, could socially distance. So it's just a lot of tips and tricks if you're going to visit any national park. Um, also, too, our, we have just released just a couple weeks ago um, the top 10 tips um, to plan like a park ranger on our website. So that is nps.gov slash UPDE. 
and that'll give you the top 10 tips on how to, you know, kind of plan your trip here, you know, what there is to see and do and kind of the things that you need to know to have a safe trip here. Um, not only when you're on the river, but if you're hiking on a neighbor trails or anything like that. Yeah, and I, I just had another question I thought of with river safety. Uh, I know that there are some, what we call, what you could call what everyone would think you would do if you encounter a scene on a river where you believe someone might be in danger. I mean, clearly people would like to call 911 and do that sort of thing. I'm not familiar with self-service along the entire river, but I, knew, I do know in certain portions of, of our county and other surrounding areas, self-service is a bit spotty. If there is a person that does encounter a scene where they feel like someone might be in danger or whatever, what steps should people take immediately? Um, so the really important thing for people to to recognize is that you know if somebody is in the water it's a it's a very dangerous situation. Um, if that person most likely does not have their life jacket on, um, and you try to go in and save that person, or you know go after them, or what have you, it, the situation could be a million different things. Make sure you have your life jacket on because if you don't, we we've had many times double drownings here on the river, and so you know somebody will their family member or whoever will see somebody in trouble and they'll try to go and help them. Unfortunately, what happens is that a drowning person doesn't care who you are. It could be the, their mother, their brother, their father. It doesn't matter. They're gasping for air and they can't. They you know they they really don't know who you are. It doesn't matter. They're gasping for air, so you can be pulled under by that drowning person. So it's really important important to, you know, A, make sure you have that life jacket on, you know, throw something to them. If you have, you know, a life jacket, a throw rope, you know, anything like that. Um, but as for um, calling 911, yes, cell phone service is extremely spotty in the River Valley. Um, but if you do have a cell phone and it works, by all means, please do that. Um, you know, most of the land along the, the river is privately owned, but if there is an emergency and you can't, you know, there's no one else around, I would, you know, certainly run up to a house or try to flag folks down. That's just the best thing to do. Um, and, you know, keeping, keeping your friends and family safe, hopefully you don't encounter that situation because you're all going to have your life jackets on. Great. And, and my last question for you today is just in general, whether it's on the river or just in this area um, where there are people or enjoying recreationally or, or the area and all it has to offer in areas where you guys are active. What can the public do in general to just make you guys' job a little bit easier? Well, every, if everybody wore their life jackets, I could probably sit quietly for most of the day in my office and get some, some other things done, but that's not the perfect world we live in, unfortunately. Just, you know, it's, it's really important too. So a lot of folks ask if alcohol is allowed in the river. It is, um, but the legal limits apply. So we always, you know, um, you know, it's 0.08. So, you know, keep it within reason when you're out there. Um, you know, mix some water in with that, you know, it's when you're out there and it's 85 degrees, 90 degrees, you know, one beer turns into like three, you know, it really does a number on your body. So be aware of that, you know, plenty of sunscreen, stay hydrated, watch out for your friends and your family. Um, and also too, just a couple of years ago, we enacted a glass ban on the river. So any glass containers at all are banned on the river. Um, so we're kind of really still in the educational phase, um, not to say you wouldn't get a ticket, but please keep that in mind. So a lot of folks, you know, especially in canoes and kayaks, boats flip over. And if you're drinking, you know, a glass bottle, that's going to go in the river. And one of our kind of number one injuries, unfortunately, besides for drowning is people slicing their feet open on rocks because they don't come prepared with appropriate footwear. So make sure you're wearing good sturdy. If you don't have river shoes, old sneakers work really great in the river. Um, Flip-flops, Crocs, they don't work. They float. <laughs> you know, the river bottom is not sandy. It's 
there's rocks the size of pebbles and all and rocks the size of cars in the river. So it really fluctuates anywhere you go. Um, and I just really can't stress enough how important it is that, you know, when folks, if they do, so swimming is not banned on the river, but we don't have lifeguarded beaches. Um, it's just, even when the river is at its lowest points, so a lot of people think right now that the river's high and it's dangerous, you know, it looks dangerous because it's chocolate brown, but actually most of our drownings occur when the river is at its lowest and it looks way more calm and placid than, um, you know, than like it is right now. So it's really important for people to know that when it's 90 degrees and the river's at 2.8 feet, um, it's still just as dangerous as it is as when it's six feet or over. And um, one more time for those listening, best place to find information about the National Park Service and all the wonderful things that you guys have to offer. Sure. So we also do have our, our river hotline phone number, um, which folks can call 24 hours a day, and that will give you um, up-to-date river conditions. And that's really important, too, when you head out on a, on a trip on the river. You know, a lot of folks are coming from outside the area. They might not know that we are going to maybe get two inches of rain an hour today, and the river is going to go up to nine and a half feet. Um, so it's really important that you plan ahead and plan your trip that way. So our 24-hour river hotline number is 845-252-7100. And then, of course, all of our information, so our social media pages and everything can be found on our website, and that's nps.gov slash upde. And yeah, everything that you pretty much need to know about planning your trip and coming on the river or going for a hike is, is on our page there. Well, that's uh, another episode of the Sullivan County Democrat podcast brought to you by the good folks at the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calicoon, New York. And uh, Susie, thank you again for joining us. And I'm hoping that as you stated several times on this episode uh, and, and in general, that people wear their life jackets and that hopefully uh, the only thing we hear about for the rest of the summer uh, is just how much fun everyone's having out there on this wonderful river that we have in our in our own backyards. So. Definitely. Thank you so much for having us. And yeah, be safe out there, everyone. <laughs>